Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Hey folks, CJ Grimm here from Poking Dead Things. It's a hard job doing what we do, and it can get kind of gross. We know that you work hard too, so I'm here to tell you that at the end of a hard day, nothing beats a hot bath and a cold beer. So treat yourself right, head to Twisted Willow Soap Company, and indulge in a bath bomb with your favorite six-pack. Remember, the only girly thing about a bath bomb are the sounds you're going to make in excitement. Twisted Willow Soap Company. Body. Mind. Soul. Annihilation has no terrors for me, because I have already tried it before I was born, a hundred million years, and I have suffered more in an hour in this life than I remember to have suffered in the whole hundred million years put together. Welcome to Fire Festival Samhain, the 62nd episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century author Mark Twain. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father, and I didn't realize Mark Twain was quite that dark. <laughs> And Mary Mead, my name is Gwyn, and I did know that Mark Twain was that dark. <laughs> and also, also she's Ode's my mother. mother yeah. And I'm Ode's mother, but you people know that by now. I mean, come on. We begin our housekeeping with the list of our new patrons, as usual. That's yep. right. So here's the new patrons from just two weeks ago. Right. Yep. Three new kittens. Thank you, we kittens. We love you, kittens. Two new cats, Eden and Amelia Dunaway. We Excellent. love our cats. Many new hunters, including right. oh, Alyssa so Addy. Stacy Delory, Ivy Montgomery, Victoria Selnez, Path of the Craft, Heather Cronkite, Jen, and Misha Magdalene. Yay! <laughs> we also have two new tigers, the Art and Dreams of Divination and Tree Wizard Creations. Thank you, tigers. And two new leopards, Brandon Summit and Foxchild. And thank you. That was leopard. Leopards. leopards. I'm getting confused. We get up there and it's too many different kinds. Too of many cats. different kinds of cats. Leopards. We love our leopards. Thank you, leopards. I'm sorry. I named everything after cats. Well, it kind of made sense. Yeah. You know, three pagans. It was and a an cat. Animal. It was a whole. The, theme. Pride. the pride. Yeah. We have a theme. We have a so theme. We do okay. have a theme. All right. Cool. So we have some more housekeeping that we need to cover before we get into the bulk of the episode. First is that, as I'm sure all of you know, because you won't shut up about it, we are moving to a weekly format. <laughs> and it's because of you and because it's of your fault. I you blame know, you. other people in the Pride who who were just very excited and got you guys mobilized and yeah. here we are. <laughs> For those of you who aren't aware, we have long had it as a goal on our Patreon that if we reached $750 a month in patron support, we would move to a weekly format for this podcast, which originally this podcast, just so you remember, was going to be monthly. <laughs> that did not last long. No, it no. didn't. Uh, but we recently surmounted the $750 goal, so we are moving to a weekly format. This is going to result in a few changes in how we do the podcast. That's right. So we're going to continue doing reviews every week, yep. as we've been doing Yay, basically very, since we started doing reviews. For a very, very uh, long Which I think time. was the Convocation 2018 episode. Yep, probably, right. yep. Yeah. But we are going to start doing the segments. So Ode Stone Corner, Gwyn's Garden Gems, and Cars Feast Table. We will be doing those once a month. Yep. In part, that's because I recently got the list of all the rocks I've talked about. And y'all, I've talked about a lot of rocks. And I don't actually have that many more rocks, like, in my possession that I haven't talked about yet. That's true. So, so you need to buy more rocks. I need to buy more rocks. I need to buy more. And I need... World of rocks. I, I see a... Uh, right. A trip, a trip to Ypsilanti in our future. Exactly. Uh, and I need more time to set these up. I can't do them weekly. 
So we're going to start doing those segments once a month instead of with every episode. Yep, so, and they'll right. be on the last of so every the, month. Yep. the fourth episode of the month. Or the fifth, or the depending, fifth on, depending on how many weeks are, are, are in a month. Right. Yep. will be when we do the segments. The other thing you need to know about this particular episode is that although we're not live in the Discord due to technical difficulties, yes. right. we are live in person with some real physical people here in the room with us. So let's yes. hear it. <laughs> we are at a spooky old house. It's a haunted house. A haunted spooky old house in Ann, Ann Arbor. Arbor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we started the day going to a class with Baba Teddy and Kate Zhao. Yep. T and Tacey Omancy. And then, so we were at the birthday party of our tiger Kelly, who recently became a tiger and mm-hmm. helped push us over the $750. So really mark. it's Kelly's it really fault. Kelly's fault. So, so she's here for the first episode after we've moved to our weekly schedule to atone for her sins. That's right. So they may be laughing or hopefully not heckling or asking questions or interspersing comments, sort of the way that the Discord does, but, but you, you know, but more. you get to hear it. Yeah, more live and more, more in person. More in person. So this is a whole yeah. new experience this for us. Mm-hmm. This fun. is a trial for Ode. Yes. <laughs> it's So Carr has these grand plans as usual, where he <laughs> thinks it would be great for us to do live shows, which that's is a true. thing that some podcasts do. And I acknowledge that some podcasts do this. Bim Bam does this. I know that podcasts do the live show thing. But I am a control freak, <laughs> as you all know. Recently, Carr told me, don't worry, I'll do the editing. And I just told him today, no, I think I'll keep doing it. <laughs> I'll prefer that. I'll feel better about it. So we're doing... Which is scary, because I taught you how to edit. You taught me how, but now you gave control to me, and it's my thing. I told you. I warned you. <laughs> I know. I, I said, offered. give Ode you, a little bit. A little. You give me an inch, and I take a mile and Ode a half. Ode will become a Martinet. And that is just, you know, world domination has always been Ode's goal. It's true. So, uh, I am podcast, it will now be fulfilled. I am, in my heart and soul, a supervillain. That's true. So you gave me a tiny, tiny piece of control, and now I've taken over the country, soon the world. This is true. Whatever glass. <laughs> yes, precisely. So this is the test we're doing to see if live shows with live people actually physically in the room with us is a thing I can endure, essentially. Right. Because otherwise we would have already done a bunch of them. Because Probably. I would because Carl would have been like, and so now for our fourth episode, <laughs> that's right. we will do them live in front of a studio audience. I wanted Gwen to talk about the spookiness of the house because we are doing a sound episode. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the sound episode, we're in a spooky house and that seems pertinent to me. So Gwen, <laughs> talk about the spooky house. This is actually the house of a friend hosting, of a friend. A friend of a friend is hosting the party at yep. for our tiger Kelly. And honestly, this is the honest truth. When we pulled into the driveway and we stepped out of the car, my spirit guides, as we were walking up to the house, like immediately one clamped a hand on one shoulder, one clamped on the other, and gave me the image of Stephen King's Rose Red. Which is a miniseries you probably haven't seen, but should track down somewhere. That's right. And the reason they gave me that image was to say, this house is as haunted as fuck. And I was like, okay. And as I looked up, I could even sense a presence looking out at us. And then later in in the day, we were given a tour. Those of us who were interested in the spookies, we were given a tour of the house and damn, if this, I mean, this place is just top to bottom out in the yard. This place goes packed with spirits. This is a very intense house. It's got, it's, so it is definitely a haunted place and you've got multiple sensitives and psychics and mediums in attendance at this party who are all going, oh my God, yes. 
So, yeah, so, it's so, haunted. So listen for the secret EVPs. That's right. Which may be why we couldn't be on Discord. That's possible. Could be. Actually, somebody did say that. Yeah. I think it was one of the other yeah, mediums. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. saying, well, there's a lot of ghosts in there's this There's a yeah. lot of Probably fucking activity. up your electronics. Mm-hmm. So. so that wouldn't surprise me. So just be happy all. that we're recording, I guess. Right. Just right. be happy right. you're getting an episode of right. all. That's yep, right. Cool. But I do think it's it's appropriate for Salon to mm-hmm. be recording a in a spooky house. So. so this is our second year of holiday content. Mm-hmm. We did the original Wheel of the Year the first year of the podcast. In this second year, we're trying to do deeper dives and look into what are the reasons to celebrate these holidays. Mm-hmm. And we tend to recap some of the stuff we talked about before. A little bit, yeah. there's just not There's that only much so more. much you can say. We were pretty comprehensive the first time around, it turns out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were listening to the... I was listening to the Salon episode today on the way here and I was like okay we talked about we talked about covered this covered this we talked about the origins we talked about signs and in symbols and all kinds of stuff yeah. and it's like what do we talk about the first wheel of the year series we did we did a lot of debunking so we're not going to focus on that stuff too much mm-hmm. in this second series of holidays that episodes. said i do want to bring up one we're, thing we're, we're okay. going to do a little bit yeah for we'll sure because we talked about this earlier today yeah. broadly speaking we're trying to hit the more spiritual aspects of the holidays and then we're never covering holidays again ever <laughs> I don't care if you request it again. This is the only holiday content you're ever getting. <laughs> right. Yule is our last one. Yes. And then we're done. The no, ode has spoken. No more holiday. I schedule the episodes, so I decide these things. <laughs> no more Wheel of the Year. No You've gotten two wheel. years of it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now, Carr, talk about the debunking. Okay. So I started doing research, you know, to try to find more shit to talk about. Uh-huh. about like you do. About Samhain, right. You know, I do everything on the internet because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. So anyway, through my research, I found that the Smithsonian had talked yes. about Samhain. Right. I'm losing my shit I over know. this, you guys. It's like, holy shit. The Smithsonian's website talks about Samhain as <laughs> the Festival of the Lord of the Dead. Samhain. Sam oh my God. I mean, uh, seriously. Seriously. We t- we covered this extensively last year. Yeah, go Apparently the Smithsonian doesn't listen Does to our podcast. Does not listen to our fucking podcast. Go listen to Wheel of the Year Samhain and get all that shit debunked because we talked about we this talked already. We're not going to cover it again, but holy shit, y'all. I'm going to just say it one more time with emphasis. There is no such being as Samhain, the Lord Lord of the Dead. dead. It's not even fucking notes that way. You know what? We'll do a movie. (laughs) Samhain, Lord of the Dead. Well, you know what? Somebody there did There probably say, has been a Samhain Lord of the Dead horror has. flick somewhere. There's if there hasn't been, there fucking needs to be. You know what it is? It's, um, I'm sad to say, it's Pat Robertson <laughs> and Jack Chick. It's Jack Chick. They keep promote. well, he's no he's longer. Dead. He's but dead. His company but his company continues to promote the shit. Yes, so, yeah. and Christians just keep eating that up. And then apparently the Smithsonian, it's like, I, I expected better of them. I did. I did expect better I'm of di- the Smithsonian. I'm very disappointed. So we have have once again right. please, please please go listen to the prior episode I do not remember which number it is it will be titled Wheel of the Year Samhain go listen to that episode and get your history straight and yes. please if you hear somebody talking about Sam Hain Lord of the Dead please correct them just, yes. just just bat them gently on the nose with a newspaper right yes, there you go that'd be perfect or spritz them with a spray bottle works with balcony exactly I know but that's so not owed <laughs> Oh, Now listen, admittedly my first impulse was just murder the people who tell you this. 
But I toned it down, and now you're calling me out. As we try to find good reasons to <laughs> worship on these holidays, Samhain is actually one I don't struggle with so much well, because, right? Because it's not like、Samhain. the third spring holiday in a row. Right, but it is the third harvest. It's the third harvest holiday, but I actually, and this is maybe a me thing, I dead ass do not think of Samhain as a harvest holiday. Okay, I know it is one, but I think of it as a dead holiday. But okay, see, that's fine that's too. Fair because even as a even as a harvest festival, yeah, it's, it's the third. Late, harvest. It's the、yeah. third harvest. It's the latest harvest. It's really more of a preparation for winter. And you know, being thankful for what you harvested previously in the previous two harvests,、right. and getting prepared for winter. But you do harvest in the third harvest. Well, yeah. Or they wouldn't call it a harvest; they'd call it the first non-harvest or whatever. <laughs> well, because there are you the know, first freeze. The, the first the freeze. The point is, by the time Samhain comes along, most of the harvesting has occurred throughout the months of September and October. Right. And it's different types of things that are being harvested. Yes. But it's for the most part it's done. So really, Stalin, it's a transitional time. It's a transitional time, and it is a time to celebrate the harvesting that has happened、right. as you prepare for winter. All right. So tell me. Tell you what? Oh, that I think it's a dead holiday. Right. Yeah. I mean, the big thing is almost certainly because of its association to Halloween. Okay. Right. For me, Samhain is predominantly an ancestor holiday, and there are a couple of reasons for that. First of all, it, I've got you know childhood associations with Halloween where it's spooky times and ghosts. Are about right. It just segued very neatly into my adult concept of what Samhain was—a spooky time where ghosts are about. Except now, I believe in ancestors, so it's a spooky time where I can talk to my ancestors. Well, and I think it's historically understood as a thinner. It's time. a li- it's a liminal a li- period. It's a liminal period, so people do have more access to their ancestors and to spooky things. Spooky things. <laughs> <laughs> the other reason, the more deliberate reason that、uh-huh. I choose to think of, because a lot of this year for me has been like, not what are the default associations with this holiday, but what am I going to choose to do on this holiday because、mm-hmm. I have to have a good reason to celebrate it. The more deliberate reason that I'm choosing to focus on the dead and to a certain extent on spookiness and maybe badness in a、mm-hmm. general sense、mm-hmm. on Samhain is that I think at least white Americans, which is the only experience I can speak to, we need. Need a designated time、mm-hmm. to deal with certain topics like death and grieving、mm-hmm. and hate and destruction, hexing and spookiness.、Yeah. Right?、Mm-hmm. We don't do a good job of addressing those topics in our day-to-day life throughout the rest of the year, and it's much harder to adjust sort of the whole way you approach the world, like to have a whole paradigm shift,、right. than it is to just set aside a specific time. Where you focus on those things, right?、So, I guess. And, and I. But do you think that would lead you to then doing more for like ancestor worship、yes. or something? Yes. So, so, so、like、I a, think it's like a good transitional. It's a good entry. Exactly. I think it's a good entrance point for people. So, like, if you do a sign、so、like supper, ancestor worship one hundred and one. Yeah. Yeah, I think、cool. if you do, if you spend a couple of Samhains doing ancestor work and really focusing on your ancestors during those times and doing silent suppers or doing, you know, whatever you do to connect with your ancestors,、sure. if、yep. you really focus on your dead at that time and on your grief process and on dealing with the the shitty stuff in your life, right? I think if you spend that time a couple of years in a row. Doing that,、right. you're more likely to remember those topics, to not have like inherently bad associations with them, right? right? To not.
not have them be like so shoved down into your shadow, into your id that you can't access them in your day-to-day life. Because you've processed them and dealt with them in like a safe designated space, you're more likely to bring it into the rest of your life where it can be more productive and more active and more part of your practice. Okay, Honestly, I get that. I think that's why a lot of these festivals grew up into what they were in, for that reason. In the wheel. In the wheel, but also in, in ancient times. I think the people who celebrated Samhain or, you know, whatever third harvest mm-hmm. celebrations they had, they had specific fears that they dealt with. Mm-hmm. They had death that they had to deal with. They had difficulties in their life that they had to process. And I think through these festivals and through these traditions, they were able to access and deal with death and grief and loss in a way that, as you say, we have lost in modern society. Because nowadays, when it comes to a death, people are given a week to 10 days to deal. Like maximum. Like maximum to deal with their funeral arrangements, with interring the body, with visitations. And it's a very difficult time. You're expected to sort of fast track your grief process. Yeah, you are. You're expected to fast track it. And I I think, honestly, I I feel like Rana, who was telling me about her heritage Mm -hmm. and they, with the Day of the Dead, I believe the Mexican and Hispanic Latino community has a better grasp, honestly, on dealing with death through their Day of the Dead. Because, and, and honestly, so do the Irish with their wakes and things like that. I, I feel yeah, like... it's more celebratory. It's it's more, more, yeah, these more it's active. More, it's these more active, more celebratory, less fearful of death, less let's cover it up and be done with it. So New Orleans would be way. a great place. Yeah. Yes, like the, New like, Orleans. Yeah, what they do for they have their, funerals and stuff there. Exactly. They have their parties. It's a big and parade. It's yeah. a big parade yeah. and really a beautiful thing thing when you stop to really witness what they're doing and how they're celebrating this life. And I think Samhain isn't, as you said, I think Samhain Halloween for a lot of people even though they're two separate things, I think they, there's, there's a, enough merger there's been in enough there. Well, there's there, enough yeah. convergence because of Pope Gregory the Third. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, he was the one who was basically like, well, okay, you can't get him to not ignore it. Mm-hmm. So, so just, just go Christianize right, it. Right, right, together. right. Yeah. I think it can, if you look at it as a time to honor the dead, to honor your ancestors, to access, to the, access dead. the dead, and to access grief if you're dealing with a loss. And I think there's something really interesting that we do at funerals, that at least, like I said, white Americans do at funerals, where we talk about celebrating the life, but then we don't celebrate the life. Do that. Right. Mm-hmm. We go to the visitation mm-hmm. and we're all very sad mm-hmm. and we look at the body maybe or we don't uh, and we get closure or we don't that way depending on whether looking at the body gives you any closure. And then we have the, the internment which maybe that gives you closure maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Not everybody goes. Exactly. Not everyone even attends that right. part. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe there's like, a, maybe there's uh, a potluck afterwards. Exactly. But, like, everyone's still sad. Right. No one's like, you know, maybe they share stories of the deceased, but right? But right. not to say that you can't be sad. I mean, obviously, no, part and, of this is you want to work through the grief. Part of this is you have to process your grief, yes. You have to experience that grief. But I think a lot of the time in that process, you're not experiencing that grief. True. You're suppressing that grief because you have to put on a certain presentation of it, like a presentable amount of grief, right? That's true. You can't sit there and rend your garments and cover yourself in sackcloth and ashes and weep and scream, you know, like that's not acceptable funeral behavior. You are interrupting the funeral for Yeah, not else, in right? Western white culture. White yeah, culture. You, yeah, you are, if you act 
actively, like visibly, I guess aggressively grieve for your loss there, you are interrupting everyone the service, else. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't get to do that in public where we have our support system, right? Because right. like that, that's the whole point of a funeral, right? Is that everyone there knew the dead person or they knew the people who knew the dead person and they're all there to support each other in this time of loss, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't do that at funerals. Right. Right. Because we're all trying to present a certain acceptable amount Public of social grief, grief yeah, yeah. instead of actual grief. Right. And since we don't get time alone to process this, we only ever experience that social grief. We never experience the personal grief. Mm-hmm. We just suppress and suppress and suppress it. So I, I spent a year as a grave digger. Mm-hmm. And in that entire year, I never saw anybody cry when we were putting the body into the ground. Which is wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I it think it was all just very stoic. Yes. 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 And I think that's one of the things too that Salon can do for people is because it is a thin time. Mm-hmm. It is a good time to reach out to ancestors, not only through like the silent supper mm-hmm. and through various rituals, but through divination, through mediumship, mm-hmm. active seeking communication right. with these spirit beings who are, which may help you find which, closure. Exactly. That can help you find closure. And I know a lot of times, you know, people are like, um, Oh, you know, if you go to a psychic medium, it's just going to prolong the grief. But I've actually seen cases where it has actually helped process mm-hmm. and move on and let go, allowed people to access their, their grief or their anger. I've worked with people who had to deal with their anger over the loss of a loved one and were able to do that through communicating with their loved one through a mediumship experience. That's, I guess, another level of this that I want to talk about, not just just, you know, explicitly grief, explicitly dealing with death, mm-hmm. right? Although I think that is a big major thing that we don't deal with enough in, our, in modern culture. Mm-hmm. The anger you talk about, just sort of negative emotions in general, mm-hmm. because there's not a good socially acceptable way to express those to the people around us, mm-hmm. we just don't express them at all. Or we express them as badly as possible. Right. Like, we never process these things in a safe environment. I think Samhain is a good time to do that work as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great time to do shadow work. Yeah. When you do need to process grief, anger. If it is so you should, should good you find, and safe for you yes. to do shadow work. Should and, you find one of those rooms? Like, if you have a city that's big enough to you, they actually have anger rooms now. I have been begging for this since high school. Uh, so. <laughs> you can actually like go in and they have like televisions and printers and whatever, shit you all can kinds break. of shit. Mm-hmm. And they give you a face mask and a baseball bat or a hockey stick and you get to just go at them. And go and express scream and ex- express your anger and your frustration when, and all that kind of stuff. These sound fucking great. When I was in high school, I literally, all I wanted life to create for me was just a place where I could go to scream and no one would ask me what was wrong. Well, and right. therapists have been, have been advocating that to be mm-hmm. able to getting something else, like right. punching a pillow or screaming in an empty room. There's, there's some mixed there's science some, on this. I know, I know. But I'm saying that those, those are suggestions that are made. Yeah. There's also, I went through, years ago, I went through a ritual. It's a, my understanding is it's an Egyptian ritual called Azar. 
are. And it is strictly for women to participate in, but it is releasing. It's, it's an ecstatic dance experience. I think I've talked about it in the past, mm-hmm. but you, what you do is you release inner demons, if you will. You, re, you work through your anger or your frustration that you're not allowed to express mm-hmm. openly in normal society. In normal society. That's the whole point of a czar. Gotcha. And it's very cathartic. And I mean, when I experienced it, we had women in that group who were just screaming the entire time on their knees, on the floor, banging their fists on the floor and just screaming rage. But by the end, uh, they've been, they've been cleansed. Our tiger Ivan comes bearing gifts from the arts and dreams of divination, bringing you handmade and handcrafted divination and dream items. Find them at facebook.com dreams and divination and divine arts and dreams on Etsy. It's time for reviews. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Really good. Yeah. yeah acoustics. Yeah. Yeah. acoustics yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. We're going to be reviewing a book that's actually a little bit older, mm-hmm. but it is by Devin Hunter. Yes. This is The Witch's Who Book Who we Spirits. really like. Yes. Yes. We met Devin at Pagan Fires. Yes. Very cool dude. So this is The Witch's Book of Spirits, which he gave to us to review. Mm-hmm. So we did not pay for this. So this review is unbiased. Right. In as much as anything is ever unbiased, which right. literally nothing is. But anyway, <laughs> we're reviewing this book. I'm not going to get into some philosophical semantics right now. No. Well, that's probably good. Gwen, what did you think? I loved this book as a medium and as someone who works with spirits. Yep. He goes into a description of the different types of spirits there are, the types of mediumship there are, different techniques, sigils, ranges. I mean, this book is filled with so much information. I need to read it again just to assimilate even a little bit of it. It's very comprehensive. Very. I did not find a lot of this book useful to me personally, but I did find the systems described in this book very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of academically. And actually, I did appreciate there was somewhere in here that he said, like, you don't have to take this whole system Mm-mm. and do it. This is for a specific path. You can read this book and then just take out the pieces that you like. Exactly. Which because, is what I'm going to do. Because he does state very categorically, this is how his tradition handles yeah. working with spirits spirit mediumship, familiar craft, familiar craft, astral travel, that kind of thing. It's all covered in here, Mm -hmm. but you can take what works for you and just leave the rest. So like the, the systems and organizations of like the planes of the different kinds of spirits. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that, how useful that is for me, but I did find like the, the checklists for like, how is this spirit interacting with me? Like that was really Mm -hmm. interesting. So there are definitely pieces of this book. It's very systems based. Mm -hmm. You do have to read it all the way through. Even if you're going to do what I'm going to do and you're going to just take out pieces. You do need to read it all the way through comprehensively to have a good idea of how the pieces connect to each other yep. so that you know what you can pull out and what's connected to something else. So you have to pull them out as like a, a pair Package. unit. Yeah. I also like how he stresses ways to protect yourself, how you can basically negotiate with spirits, yep. what your boundaries are. And he says, and you should have boundaries when you're working with spirits and let them know, like you create a contract with these a literal, a literal written, con- down, written down contract that hmm. they communicate to you that they are going to agree, agree to or not. or not. If they break that contract, then you break that. And, and vice versa, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So I, I thought there were some really excellent things about boundaries, about working with spirits, why you would work with spirits. And he, he is the kind of person, he doesn't discriminate based on, you know, religions and that kind no. of thing. He says everybody's got a little bit of the truth, all the 
different religions. Nobody's got the cornered the market on spirits and in what they are and how they operate. But you can learn something from each system. And he incorporates all of that into his beliefs and into the system of how he works with with spirits. Also, aesthetically, a very nice book. Well laid out. It's got mm-hmm. good subheadings. The sigils are like easy to view. So like we've had some books where the sigils and the photos are mm-hmm. extremely bad. They're also easy to, to recreate yeah, these if you sigils, want to use them. These sigils in here, and there are quite a few of them, are really, really nice. Mm-hmm. They're very um, clearly presented. All the information in here is really well presented. It's, also it's, bibliography. It's actually got a bibliography. A very good bibliography. Um, it's a pretty extensive bibliography. I would want maybe one more page. But it's got <laughs> a good bibliography and an index. So, I mean, by the standards of the books I often read that don't have either of those things, Devin Hunter is knocking it out of the park. Yeah. And this is actually part of a series of books yes. that he wrote. And is still writing, It's still yeah. writing. And, it's a uh, continuous series. Different, yeah, it's a continuous series. We just series. picked this one because it's spooky month. I personally recommend Devin Hunter's The Witch's Book of Spirits. I think it's a very useful tool, whether you are a medium or a witch who works with spirits of various okay. kinds. Out of five? Four and a half. Four and a half? Yeah, I, I give it a four. Okay. So that means we're at 4.25. Yep. A, a very solid book. Right, yeah. A very solid book. Because all I can say is, I love Devin Hunter, but <laughs> <clears throat> neither Gwen nor Ode let me read the fucking book. So <laughs> Just because you're slow. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for reviews. Very okay. nice. You're I know. It's exactly yeah, you're, I'm You're really enjoying the acoustics. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're yep. playing it up. Okay. You want to talk about superstitions. I do. I do want to talk about superstitions because, and we mentioned this briefly, Halloween and Samhain are, are pretty well intermingled. intermingled these days. And I know that That's there what are, we'll call it. I know that there are people who like to separate Samhain and Halloween. Mm-hmm. I, I celebrate both. I wrote a blog post last week for Patheos yeah. about Halloween superstitions. And I was really surprised to find out there are a lot. <laughs> I don't know why you were surprised about that. There are a lot well, of superstitions in general. I know. There are a lot of superstitions in general. And superstitions are generally originate from basically from fears that people have or yeah, usually, usually, or some kind of custom, uh, in a, in a region. A lot of them start out as little like folk charms. Yeah. Things, yeah. Exactly. That sort of lose their context over time. But I thought this was interesting because, you know, bats are very, very much Spooky a bat. Halloween. Bats aren't spooky, you guys. They're fucking adorable. Love bats. I know. And they eat like 10 times their weight every day in mosquitoes. All the bugs. And they're just very cute. Have you ever looked at a bat? Like, really looked? They're very cute. (laughs) (laughs) They are. They are indeed. But they are associated, believe it or not, they have always been for a long time associated with bad omens. And part of the reason is, is because the medieval period, the Middle Ages, in the olden days, the olden days, bats were associated as familiars with witches, just like, like black cats, cats. Oh, and dogs and frogs. I and thought toads. it was because of vampire bats. <laughs> no, actually, that came later, oh. thanks to Bram Stoker's Dracula. But no, it was the it was the idea that a bat was a familiar to yeah. a witch, and familiars back in the olden times, they believed that familiars. It was a it was a spirit that the devil had. Yes, it was a spirit that had been sent. They fed on the blood of the witch. Mm -hmm. They carried the powers of the witch so that if somebody else touched it, that witch's curse would be passed on to them. That kind of thing. So people back in the day saw a bat and were like, nope. Like I feel today. (laughs) You're wrong. Nope. And you know how bats will swoop. Right. And right. so people get freaked out by that. Well, there was a, there was a belief that 
bats would swoop down and steal a person's soul.、Uh-huh. So one thing that people would do in the olden days is they would turn out their pockets, and the idea was that that would somehow protect them. Did they、owls. carry their souls in their pockets? I,、uh, maybe because owls. It was also another、uh, owls、uh-huh. were one of those things. All the swoopy predators. All the swoopy、yes. predators. If you turned out your night flight. Yes. If you turned out your pocket. But if you put out your pockets, would, don't you look more like a rabbit? No. Well, and if you turn, if you usually、they、carry,、are. if you usually your carry、name. your soul in your pockets, but you turn out your pockets so that the bat can't get it out of your pockets, where are you keeping your soul? That's a good question. Do you have to carry it in your hands? What? I don't know. Also, if a bat were to fly around your house three times on Halloween, it meant spirits were about. So you had to watch out for that. And if the bat actually flew into your house, that meant your house was going to be haunted. A One, lot of bats flew into this house. A lot of bats flew into this house. This house is all about the bats. That's right. And then also,、um, if a bat flew into a a church during a wedding, that wedding that Marriage was doomed. It was doomed because, interestingly, in Asian cultures, bats are actually considered lucky. Good, that's the correct.、One. Yes, and they are、uh, part of good fortune and represent the five blessings, which include long life, wealth, health, love of virtue, and a peaceful death. Because so, bats are eating all the malaria mosquitoes、yeah. and shit. So, so people really liked bats、yeah. in Asia, while the people in in Europe were like、Wrong. terrified of them. But then there are also a lot of superstitions. Not Surprisingly, about cemeteries, I can remember as a child ducking down if we were driving past a cemetery. I, I learned that you had to hold your breath. Yes, and that is an old superstition.、Yeah. You hold your breath when going past a cemetery. So a ghost can't steal、so、your spirit out your lungs. Exactly. I, I think for me, I would duck down because I didn't want them to see me. Because I could, I could see them. I didn't want them to follow so me. So what、home. you're saying is, if it's not a pocket spirit, it's, it's a, a breath spirit. Uh huh. And that okay, that、so、has more mythological basis. Okay. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I think they said it was one of the popes during one of the many popes. One of the many popes during the plague <laughs> came up with "God bless you" to prevent a spirit from entering a bo- the body of a sick person.、Ah. So you know that kind of thing. You don't want to be the first person to leave a graveside service in a cemetery. Okay, that's good. I never was because bad luck will follow you if you、oh. if you're, if you're the, the first person who leaves. If you're the first, so you're all、leaves. just playing chicken with bad luck. Apparently. Or do you have to leave in packs? Apparently, you might. You have to I mean, leave. Just if everybody goes, like it can't attach to one exactly, person. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And another one is it is bad luck for the family of the first body that is buried in a new cemetery. So I actually have I, I've heard about this before,、mm-hmm. and there are, other, are there are actually other folklore traditions attached to that. So the idea was the first buried <laughs> in a cemetery had to stay there forever as the cemetery's guardian. Mm-hmm. So that spirit was unable to move on. It was it was attached to the graveyard.、Mm-hmm. So a tradition started where because no one wanted to be that first person buried in the graveyard, they would bury a dog first in the graveyard because dogs are loyal and they're guardians anyway. So like they wouldn't mind being trapped in the graveyard forever and guarding the spirits of the dead、mm-hmm. and guarding the graves from grave robbers and stuff. So. That's where, like, 
cemetery black dogs and things mm-hmm. like that started were from traditions of burying a dog in a graveyard first before you buried any human people so that it would have an animal guardian instead of a human oh, guardian. that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to put the clothes of a living person on a corpse because as the body decomposes, supposedly that living person will start to decline. Sicken. And sicken until they die. The rot is transferred. Exactly. As you know, as witches, Wiccans, pagans, heathens, druids at all, crossroads are our liminal space. And so, like, for instance, Hakati is one of the goddesses of the crossroads. There is a superstition that if you go to a crossroads, you can make a deal with the devil yeah. to, uh, you know, to become a very famous musician. Musician is, you know, pop, is the that's famous a very one. Pop. In fact, Robert Johnson is famously known yep. as having made a crossroads pact. Uh, pact with the devil. He actually said he did. But the interesting thing about Robert Johnson is that he was a mediocre musician and then he was gone for a year or so. Yep. And then came back. And came back and was the most amazing blues musician Here's ever. Here's the funny thing. You ready for this? What? Because, oh. you know, me and music. Yeah, exactly. He you was gone for a year and a day. Oh. Ooh. See? And so the devil was defo involved. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. All right. You use a bell to chase away any evil spirits. That's true, just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. If you hear the wind sigh your name on Halloween night, you are destined to die within the year. Say, run away. Yep. And then this was kind of my favorite. If you want to meet a witch on Halloween, you put your clothes on inside out and rock backward. Yes. Or you can look me up on Facebook. So for this spooky season, join our Tiger Kelly on a visit to Tree Wizard Creations, where you can find custom engraved creations for all pets. They offer unique gifts and tools for altar, home, practice, and family. Meet them this October 19th at Witch's Ball, where you can see their range of products in person and discuss custom commissions. If you can dream it, the wizard can create it. Contact them at treewizardcreations at gmail.com. Find them online at treewizardcreations.com or follow them on Facebook. That's Kelly, whose birthday it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) That is right. So, we wanted to talk about... Yes, pumpkin magic. Pumpkin magic. That's right. Because from the time I was a small child, I've always believed in the power of a jack-o'-lantern to protect my home on Mm -hmm. Halloween night. So what you really mean is turnip magic. Well... Yes, Carr actually found recently a photo of one mm -hmm. of the old turnip Mm -hmm. jack-o'-lanterns. Those suckers Very spooky looking. man. The stuff they do with pumpkins now can be cute. Y'all know what mandrakes look like? It's like that, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's it's just like, oh. The funny thing is, is my mother, you know, she was a Christian. She never told me that, that... Pumpkins would protect our home. Jack-o'-lanterns would protect our home on It's not on just Halloween. pumpkins. It's got to be a jack-o'-lantern. It's got, but yes, that's true. It has to be a jack-o'-lantern. And the jack-o'-lantern has, there's a, a deep history of jack-o'-lanterns standing as protectors. Sentinels. Sentinels on Halloween night against evil spirits. It's like a temporary gargoyle. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's actually a really, really wow, good... Wow, hold on. <laughs> Time out. This may be, we're almost two years into this podcast. <laughs> This may be the first fucking time you all have been like, oh my god, he made a good point. (laughs) Listen, it was a really good point. It was a really good point. And we have a story. I've never thought of it that way. I've improved. You've learned things, Daddy. Congratulations. Jeez. But we... I have a story to share on why I honestly believe this is very true, very powerful magic. Several years ago, because I have, I have literally been doing this for years. Since I was a child, there are very precise 
guidelines guidelines for at least as far as I'm concerned to make a good jack to make a good powerful jack o' lantern who do the magic who does the magic instead of just being a spooky face exactly so you only make your jack o' lantern on Halloween you don't carve the day before you carve your jack o' lantern on Halloween before sunset yes and it has to be completed before sunset that's right if you have not finished the nose or whatever and the sunsets too bad your jack o' lantern has no nose that's right and you don't light the candle until sunset on mm-hmm. Halloween and that activates the power of the jack o' lantern to protect your home it wakes them up it wakes them up and they know their job the jack o' lantern knows what it is meant to do whether I don't you, know how they know this they, they just, just know do this. you don't you don't even have to be having this intention mm-hmm. you can just be carving your jack o' lantern having all the fun but it activates if you do it right if you have it carved before sunset if you have your you light your candle at sunset and it needs to be a face it cannot be one of these like ooh i've carved an elaborate ship no, in my no. pumpkin it, it uh, has I mean, to be a face there is my millennium falcon that's yeah. right that can pumpkin. be a pretty pumpkin that can be a pretty but one. not a jackalope exactly has to be a ja- and it can be and it doesn't have to be a scary face although i prefer a scary face oh preferred to a scary face but it doesn't have to be a scary face it just has to be a face on the jack o' lantern. Could you do like the Jason mask? <laughs> no, I think that's still I think it's too, still it's too, got too much. It's still, it has to be a basic face. Yeah. Like eyes, your, mouth, maybe a nose. Yep, maybe a nose. So, and. Cause you're, cause you're not imbuing the pumpkin with the spirit of Jason. No. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Could we though? But it is, it is the power of the jack o' lantern as a sentinel that's being activated. And here is why I believe this is true. Okay, several years ago, Ode and I created a jack o' lantern. Was we, this the one where I barely got home in time to do it? Yes. Yeah. Barely so, got home in time to do it. We had, we got, we both were working. Mm-hmm. We were able to get the pumpkin yeah. and... We had to pick the pumpkin up after work, yep. take it home, and carve, carve it, it really fast. And get it out there and light the candle. And the and we got it carved. We got it out onto the balcony. And the only candle we had was one of these cheap little tea lights, maybe like, two hours. Yeah, it was like, it was a, like two a two hour, hour candle. Yeah. We had bought a whole pack. They all lasted two hours max. Yeah. We'd used them before. And this was the last candle from that pack. I put that sucker in there and lit it. At sunset, like I'm supposed to. And you're supposed to leave the candle running until at least midnight. Mm-hmm. Yep. The candle needs to be burning. It has until to midnight. go through till the start of the next day. Yep. So we were sitting here like this candle is not going to make it to midnight, but it's all we have. So that's we'll right. Just make do. And so we put the top back on, and I would go out periodically to check on the candle, to observe the candle, to observe, to make sure it was still glowing, see if I, you know, see if it was going to go out, that kind of thing. With Ode as my witness, yep. because Ode saw it as well. I was witness to this. That two-hour <laughs> candle burned until midnight. Lasted all fucking night. It lasted all night. I still and don't understand how that feel, happened. You could feel the power. It was of, that was probably the best jack o' lantern. It was. Ever you could feel the power. Power of that jack o' lantern protecting our home, which was wild because it was also the most slapdash jack o' lantern we ever made. Mm-hmm. It, it was amazing. So I, so I, I guess he just knew he knew we job. were in dire straits and we needed someone to protect. That's us. right. That's right. And even once, and even once, like wow, y'all were in a hurry to make me. I guess you really <laughs> need a jack o' lantern. And even once the candle goes out at midnight. 
and you go to bed and you have a dark pumpkin, that that jack-o'-lantern is still doing its job until, until dawn. dawn. Yep. I don't understand why. This I is just, just a true thing about jack-o'-lanterns. This is a true thing about jack-o'-lanterns. So this I, is a true thing in our family. In our it family. might not be true in your family, but it's true in our family. And and I have found, because there were years when you know I had my Christian mm-hmm. retrograde, and during those times, instead of a jack-o'-lantern, I would do a luminary with like, you know, little patterns and things Crosses like that. and shit. Crosses and hearts and things. <laughs> and the feeling of them was different. That's why I'm saying no. Uh, a jackal, a pumpkin with the Millennium Falcon is not going to have this, you know, anything is going to be anything other than a decoration. It has to be the face. I'm just saying. If you want to access the power yeah. of the jack-o'-lantern of as a sentinel jack-o'-lantern. of your standard jack-o'-lantern. Now you want to build an egregore of the spirit of the Millennium Falcon and imbue that into a pumpkin. You can do all the groundwork on that. Right. right. And then I get the force. And then, <laughs> Right? I mean, that's how it works, right? But I'm just saying, as far as this... I don't think the Millennium Falcon, because that's Han Solo's ship, and he's not so much into the force. So anyway, I'm just saying, if you want some good gargoyle magic... Mm-hmm. <laughs> some good temper- temporary gargoyle. Temporary and then you cannot gargoyle. keep this jack-o'-lantern no. after dawn the next... Like, it's got to go. It's got to go. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, this is not a multi-day jack. It's a one-and-done yep. situation. So yep. it really is a temporary gargoyle. It really is. And we always return it to the earth. We take yeah, it someplace where it can... Where it can go. Get eaten by squirrels. Get eaten by squirrels. But yep, there you go. So I challenge you and encourage you, give it a try and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Uh, No, that's everything I wanted to talk about. Everything you wanted to talk about? Hmm. I love Halloween. Okay. We do love Halloween. I think this is going to be a short one. That's fine. It's because we're not doing segments anymore. Right. So that's the other thing. This is actually going to, to cut down on the length of episodes. Hallelujah, because they've been two hours long or more unedited. I've tried really hard to get them down to an hour and a half for you guys. So cutting these segments down to once a month is going to make these episodes much more, hopefully, listenable for you all. But before we go, there's one more thing I need to tell you all. Uh Uh, We are doing the Yuling again this year. Oh, yes. Yep, Yuling. I am in charge of it this year, so we're handling it. So it won't get fucked up because Car did last year. (laughs) So we're handling it a little little differently than we did last year. We're not, you're not going to be emailing Car your details for your entry to the Yuling. You're going to be going to a Google form that I've created and you'll be putting your information in there. The Yuling, if you're unaware, if you weren't with us last year, is uh, essentially a secret Santa. Different members of the Pride give me their information, and then I'm going to pair you all up with each other, and you're going to create for each other, or possibly buy for each other, uh, little gifts. little Less uh, than $5. Less than $5 or your local equivalent. Yep. And you're going to send those possibly all over the world to each other, because we do mm-hmm. have listeners uh, all over the all place. All over the world, yeah. The We're world. in 79 countries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and please, do not sign up for the Yuling if you are not able to send a gift to your partner. And if you sign up for the Yuling and, and something happens, happens mm-hmm. and it turns out that you are unexpectedly unable to send a gift to your partner, all you have to do is send me an email at ode at threepagansandacat.com. Let me know what's happened. I will make arrangements for your partner to be paired up with someone else or for some alternative arrangement to be made. You do, though, need to let me know mm-hmm. if there is a situation. No shame, no blame. I just need to know. But to sign up for the Yuling, you will go to tinyurl.com. That's T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com backslash three-pack. That's the number three, P-A-A-C, Yule, Y-U-L-E. So that's the number three, P-A-A-C, 
T-I-N-Y-U-L-E. So tinyurl.com slash three-pack three yep. mm-hmm. If you go there, you'll have access to a Google form where you'll need to tell me your name, a name that the post office will recognize, your name that you'd prefer to be referred to by and your pronouns if they differ, your mailing address, and what your path and hobbies are so that people can get you a gift that is relevant to you. <laughs> and we already have how many people signed up? 46. 46 That's people right. are already signed up for the yes. only... Which I think is probably about where we ended last it year. It is, yeah. The Euling is going to be open until December, until early December. I'm going to have to actually recheck now that we're doing weekly what week exactly is it going to on, be yeah. the end point for the Euling. Uh, and I will let you all know next week when we do our next episode. But by December 15th, your stuff should be in the mail by December 15th. Yes, yeah. You should be assigned your partner before that. Yeah, you'll be assigned your partner in early December and yeah. by the 15th, you should have a gift for that person in the mail. Again, if something comes up, let me know. Alternative arrangements will be made. That's and that's everything. That's it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, can where can they find us? Oh, we are Three Pagans and a Cat, and you can find us on Facebook at 3Pack, the number 3, P-A-A-C. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search Three Pagans and a Cat. You know what? Go to Google. Type in three, three pagans and a cat. cat. Uh, if you really want to know just everything that's just us, put uh, what are those quotation, marks, put quotation marks on each side of the name three pagans he, and a cat. He's doing it in the air. Yeah, it's air quotations. Yep. Uh, but you actually have to type them in on Google, and it will actually show you all the shit that we're listed on. That's right. Um, and it'll be probably just the whole first page of Google at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, it's about four and a half pages long. Yeah. yeah so Remember to check us out on Patheos. We, yep. we do have a blog there now. I try to get some kind of post up there at least three times a week. Yep. Um, yeah, Gwen does. Yeah. Gwen does. Uh, oh, nice suck at that. I'm trying to get these two involved. We'll see how that goes. And if you want specific links like to Patreon, to any of those things, you can go into Discord. To the Discord. To, yeah. You can go into at threepagansandacat.com, go into the ind- one of the individual episodes, mm-hmm. and there will be links to all of those pages. That's exactly it. And then we have new stuff coming around in January. In January. But- the plan. You all in, will find out about that in, in January. In January, so the secret stuff will launch. Secret yep. stuff is so get excited about that. Yes. That's right. That's okay. Right. All right, that's it. We're done. Good, right. Goodbye, friends. Goodbye. Now, Carl, wonderful. Press the button. Not yet, because I want to say bless Sowen and happy Halloween. Okay, now, Carl, will press the button. Press the button, Carl. Good night, sweetheart. Oh, there we go. To go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to press the button. (laughs) You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com. 